You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. What is going on, Pirate Nation and other college football fans? We appreciate you tuning in to another edition of Sunny and Samantha. And for full disclosure, this is being recorded on Thursday evening. Um, and so by the time you view it, it will be you know, lunchtime on Friday. Uh, so if you're chiming in, um, we'd still love to see your comments on Facebook as well as YouTube. Uh, we'll get back to you on those as quickly as we can. But the show is obviously not live. So uh, with that being the case, we cannot respond uh, to you uh, right there uh, in live time. But um, without any further ado, you know, welcome in to the show on uh, Jay Sonhalter and Matt Sementa, two former Pirate football letter winners, uh, you know, who give you their thoughts on some of the week's top games. What's up, guys? Happy to be here as always. Um, really looking forward to a big weekend of college football and you know, guys, it's an exciting time of year. Everything's changing. You know, it's it's starting to get cold. You're starting to see some some snow games around the country. And I'll tell you guys, I was in North Carolina this week on business, and it was even cold there. Um, you know, surprisingly to me, I was I was shocked at how how cool it was. And uh, heading back to the Northeast uh, yesterday, it's uh, it's it's way colder here too. So it's going to be a fun weekend, and um, looking forward to it. It's not as cold as it's going to be in Buffalo down here, <laughs> but yeah, it, it has been Arctic, at least in the Raleigh area, but I'm probably not as tough as, uh, is, uh, the weather, the weather is up North. So anyways, excited to be here guys. Now, Maxions, of course, in full swing. And, uh, was it the Western Michigan, Central Michigan game, um, that was being played in snow, uh, since you brought up snow, Matt? Yeah, I saw that one, and then I saw – I happened to see uh, – I think it was Nevada-Boise, a late-night game on Saturday night, Bubba, was the one that I was kind of thinking of. I don't know if you caught that, but it was snowing like crazy there. I did not. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that one up. And before we move ahead and you know, take a look at this current week, week 12 of college football, um, kind of setting the stage and reflecting back on week 11. And guys, uh, it was a rough week <laughs> with the picks and, and myself and my and my contest that Matt's also a part of uh, where we pick, you know, 30 to 35 games a week. Uh, and, you know, if I hone in on three to five games, I can do pretty well. But picking that large number this year has really been a struggle with all the parity throughout college football um, in previous years. I found it to be much easier and you know, had the had the opportunity to win it um, a couple years ago. But um, this year has been rough as I'm dead last out of 15 people. But um, you know, this contest on this show or, you know, the picks rather um, a week ago, Matt, you were three, six and one. Jay, you were four, five and one. So that brings us to a tie for the season through 11 weeks, 33, 35 and one. Whew. Ouch, ouch. Shay, we're way too good for that kind of record. Yeah, way I'm too not, good. I'm not proud of that record and Bubba just if if we have any more bad records, just don't uh don't tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the dirty laundry here. Uh, that's, that's how we do it on the sports objective, apparently. But uh 
you know, looking back at last week's games, y'all, early on, uh, the games that you picked, uh, you, you were agreeing uh, pretty frequently, and you guys got the Ole Miss game correct as uh, you took them in the points at home against Alabama. And then also you took Georgia to uh, go to Starkville and cover the 16-and-a-half against Mike Leach and the Bulldogs, and they certainly did that as they won, I think it was by at least about 25, if not more. Well, guys, you know, I watched that Georgia game, and I right now it goes without saying, you know, they're the clear number one in the country. That If you watch that game, I think Georgia was up like 20 to 14 at halftime. Mississippi State was making it a game. They had opportunities in the red zone, but just couldn't really, you know, on a few occasions, couldn't convert. And I don't know what happened at halftime, but Georgia came out and literally curb, curb stomped them in the second half. I mean, they must have scored 20 points in the first six minutes and just absolutely steamrolled them. So good luck to whoever plays Georgia this year. Yeah, no doubt the dogs uh, are certainly the real deal. And um, a lot of folks thought that they may have had a little more vulnerability. And it's not that they can't be beaten, but, but – um, you know, if they're on their game, uh, they're clearly the top team. They had that close call at Mizzou is where I was going with that. And uh, in that game, uh, they had some uncharacteristic mistakes um, a couple times where they just put the ball on the ground and it led to some short fields for Mizzou. But if they're not doing that, uh, Stetson Bennett's had a heck of a year and uh, that was very atypical of him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that was the type of week, Jay. I, I know, Jay, we had talked about this weeks ago, but uh, I think they just had a bad week. They weren't really mentally prepared for that game. That's the only thing I can come up with, how they almost lost to Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes those teams almost need a challenge or, or they get bored and they're lucky to win that game. But, I mean, their their ceiling is the highest of anybody in the country when they're on – they can shut you down. So they uh, they are my pick to win it all. Um, there's going to be some tough competition they've got to face, but they're looking really good right now. And as we pre- prepare to uh, transition into week 12, a game that you guys, I misspoke earlier, is actually 33-35-2. And, and the reason being is because that LSU game last week, is I know that was one that uh, – you guys kind of went back and forth with before taking LSU to cover the the three in Fayetteville. Uh, they uh, really, really struggled offensively, and they won a thirteen to ten ball game against Arkansas. Well, I think again, it's it's hard to be on every single week, and that's going to be a tough game, especially coming off the high of the previous game. I, I think LSU, though, and the difference with those L, um, SEC teams is the defense they play and, and what they do at the line of scrimmage. And I think they're clicking and rolling at the right time, even though they just barely beat Arkansas. I think their ceiling is really high too. Yeah, definitely. And Jay, you've been really <clears throat> complimentary of Brian Kelly all year. I know you're, you're, you're a fan of his, you know, big fan of his coaching abilities. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you guys, the game that I was really kicking myself most, you know, out, out of all the games that I got wrong uh, was the Clemson game. I should have known there's no way Clemson would have come back home after that Notre Dame beat down. And, um, you know, I didn't expect them to lose to Louisville, but I thought Louisville would make it close. But you got to give cre- uh, credit to Clemson because they took care of business against a good, uh, hot Louisville team. 
Yeah, and one of the things about that matchup, I want to say right off the top of my head, did it end up something like 31-16? But um, exactly what part of that ball game did Malik Cunningham go down? Because that's one of those things that you don't know something like that when you make the pick. And then if you'd have said Malik Cunningham's going to go down, then I would have picked Clemson to, to cover the seven with no hesitation. It's a great question. I didn't catch a lot of that game live, um, but uh, definitely. I mean, he's he's such a dynamic athlete, guys. I mean, his, his ability to extend plays with his feet, he, he's really one of the best in the country at doing that. So uh, I'm not sure exactly when he went down, but uh, that, that's a loss. You're, you're not going to overcome if you're Louisville. So I just – hey, thank you, Bubba. You just made me feel better about my horrific pick. Because I, I, like you, in my contest uh, or our contest, uh, we we did uh, pick Louisville uh, plus seven, and uh, that was one of the reasons why. I, I certainly expected Clemson to win the game, but with the way Louisville had been playing and the Malik Cunningham factor, I thought they would uh, keep it close. But uh, And I guess they did to some extent. Uh, but transitioning over to, to week 12, uh, let's start off. In the Pac-12, a couple of huge Pac-12 games this week. Uh, I've heard a lot of folks has historically been referred to as Cupcake Week. I heard Greg McElroy, uh, he and uh, Cole Kublik uh, jokingly referred to it as Lettuce Week because they said we like cupcakes too much and let's not give cupcakes a negative connotation. (laughs) But uh, let's start off up in Eugene. Uh, You have... Number 12, Oregon, hosting number 10, Utah, and it's Ducks by three. Well, I'll start off here. I think I think Oregon, coming off of last week's loss, that was a big shock that they lost to Washington. I think they're going to come back, and Utah is a really good team. I just think Oregon's going to get it figured out and play well at home. So I take the Ducks to cover. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jay. I don't see <clears> – <throat> excuse me, guys. My voice is gone here. I, I don't see Oregon losing two straight at home. That was a rough defeat last week against Washington. Uh, agree with you, Jay. I, I really like this Utah team, but I think it'll just be a little too much at Austin, and I think Oregon will find a way to uh, to cover the three. But So I'll go with the Ducks, but I do feel like it's going to be a really close game and probably will come down to the wire. Down south, uh, you had the Battle of L.A. Uh, with number seven, USC. Lincoln Riley's taking his Trojans to the Rose Bowl to take on Chip Kelly and the 16th-ranked Bruins. It is SC by two and a half, and uh, SC has a chance, and if things fall correctly for them and they handle their business, they could still make it into the playoff despite that uh, one-point loss at Utah. Yeah, I'll tell you guys, I, I, you know, UCLA was playing really good football earlier in the season. I feel like they've maybe come back down to earth a little bit here. Um, I, I'm not, I, I think USC is, is overrated for, for where they are and considering who they've played. But I do feel like they, they'll have enough to, to, to cover that spread and, and get it done this weekend and, you know, the battle for, for LA. So I'll go with Lincoln Riley finding a way to, outscore the Bruins. What do you think about that battle for L.A., Jay? Yeah, I don't think defense is going to be played in this game. 
I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be wild, but I actually think UCLA is going to come away with the win. I think they're more physical than USC, and I think they're going to they're going to get it done as the underdog. And I'm glad you brought that up as far as the number of points and uh, the over-under in this matchup is 76 and a half. Wow. So uh, just a, a huge total there in this one. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I guess, hey, if you like big offense, if you like, you know, wide open football and a lot of points, there's your, uh, there's your game of the week right there. So uh, moving on to the Big 12, uh, you have number four TCU and the Horned Frogs handled their business last week in Austin. Um, it seemed like there were a decent number of doubters around the nation, especially if the game was going to be played the way in which it was, a lower scoring defensive game. Um, you looked at the box score. I, I watched the majority of that one I'm pretty locked in. Uh, tremendous game. And late in the third quarter, early in the fourth, both teams only had right around 100 to 125 yards of offense. And TCU built, I think, a 17-3 to lead and then ended up winning 17-10. to But uh, the Horned Frogs are going down to Waco to, to take on Baylor. Baylor's 3-2 and two at home. Uh, they were beating, beaten, excuse me, soundly last week um, by K-State in Waco, 31-3. And the spread in this one, uh, guys, is um, the Frogs by two and a half. <sighs> okay. All right. I'll jump in on this one first. I mean, for guys, I think that's a really good sign for TCU that they were able to win a game like that at Texas. First of all, to beat Texas at Texas is impressive. But that's not the way TCU wins. You know, TCU is used to winning games 42 to 38. You know, they're a high-scoring offense, they, 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 and they give up a lot of points, too. So it's a really good sign for them to be able to win a tight game that's low-scoring on the road. So if you weren't on board with TCU before, you know, I, I think you kind of have to be now. And I wasn't completely sold on them. But um, So I think, I think you have a really good TCU team, and I think Baylor has been really inconsistent this year. They've been very up and down. Um, I don't think they're quite playing to their full capability this year. So the Horn Frogs are going to keep rolling, guys. Uh, I'm all over TCU this week. So I, I agree with everything Matt just said, and I'm I'm going out on a limb here. I just think at some point TCU is going to get upset, and I'm going to hope that it's Baylor, but um, I don't have a lot of basis on this. It's just a, a, a feeling, but I'm going to go ahead with Baylor with the upset. And before mm. we move, I like it, Jay. I like it. And before we move on to our next matchup, um, just a little sidebar on that TCU-Texas game a week ago. Gary Patterson, obviously the longtime head coach at TCU for two-plus decades, is now in that analyst role uh, down at the University of Texas. And uh, it was pretty pretty funny. I was thinking this as watching that game, uh, just how uh, it was – you know, his background was – on the defensive side of the ball, and it became a defensive game uh, between the two. Yeah, G Gary Patterson is going to forever be one of the most underrated coaches in, in the history of college football. What he did at TCU was amazing. So um, I don't know if he still is looking to be a head coach or if he's kind of moved past those days at his age. But, man, if somebody's looking for a good head coach, that might be the guy to look to right there. And sticking within the Big 12, uh, you have Bedlam 
Number 22, Oklahoma State going to Norman. The Sooners, however, are a seven-point favorite and something critical to remember in this one and why that line is what it is is because uh, Spencer Sanders, a talented quarterback for the Cowboys, is going to be missing this game. Uh, He's accounted for nearly 2,700 yards of offense and 24 touchdowns. I I think Oklahoma, they've had a bad year in their standards. And if you – if you have a quarterback out, you've got to take advantage of it. I think they're going to play well in this ball game. That's still a high spread in a rivalry game, but I think Oklahoma's going to cover and win by more than seven. Yeah, this, this is a really tough one for me just because it is a rivalry game. Um, really, really tough. I'll say I, but with that quarterback out, I, I'd have to say Oklahoma, you know, I'm very confident they're going to win the game. It's that it's seven and a half, correct, Bubba? Is it seven and a half or seven? I had it by by seven and a half, but then um, I checked right before we started recording, and then it switched to seven. Gotcha. All right. So that makes it a a lot easier for me. (laughs) That half point was killing me. But uh, I think at the very least you get a push here. So I'll go with the Sooners. Now, moving to the SEC, uh, you have number 14, Ole Miss. A very frustrating loss for Lane Kiffin and company a week ago uh, against Bama, a game that uh, a lot of folks really believe they should have won. But uh, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide found a way to get it done, and they are going to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, as we know, has really been struggling. And uh, they, they, however, took LSU to the wire in that rivalry matchup a week ago, as we already discussed, so falling 13-10. to 10. Uh, the Rebels are a two and a half point favorite. Uh, you can go. You can go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I I think Ole Miss. You know, this is a tough spread. I, I think Ole Miss is really good. I think Arkansas, with their troubles, you know, they're they're going to have a good chance in this game because it's at home. But I, I just think Ole Miss is rolling enough right now. They played well against Alabama, even though they lost. I think they're going to go ahead and cover on the road. Yeah, I, so, you know, Arkansas has been having a tough time scoring recently. They've been having a really tough time scoring. Well, I think they landed, what, 10 points, if I'm not mistaken, against LSU, Bubba? Is that yes, right? yeah, 13 to 10. Yeah, they, they're having a tough time getting points on the board. And we all know the one thing Lane Kiffin can do is score points. Um, you know, like you said, it was, a, it was a rough loss against Alabama last week. They did, they were in that game very late and, um, couldn't really execute in the red zone down the stretch. But I do think Ole Miss will just find a way to outscore um, Arkansas. And, you know, if you look – you take a look at the, at the Razorbacks recently, that, you know, big home loss to Liberty. Um, and I know you can't compare opponents in week-to-week games. That's a slippery slope. But then Liberty, Liberty goes up to UConn, of all places, and, and, and gets beat. So you don't know what to make of these games week-to-week, but – you know, that's a long way of me saying, guys, uh, Ole Miss will, will, will cover that spread. And to your point, Matt, as far as Arkansas struggling to score against Liberty, they only had five points going into the fourth quarter and finished the game with 19. Yeah, something's not right. 
something's I don't know if they've been if they are they're banged up, if they have a ton of injuries, but that's uh that is not a good sign against Ole Miss. So um going or sticking or going back to the Big Twelve rather, um you have fifteen K State going to West Virginia. K State, as I mentioned, thirty one to three victors last week down at Baylor, uh, West Virginia. Uh, they have played much better at home, three and two there at Mountaineer Field, Milan Puskar Stadium, and uh, they they took TCU to the brink there in Morgantown. Um, K State's a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah, I mean this is a tough one because uh, you know on the road at West Virginia is always tough, always tough, especially later, especially later in the year. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say the Mountaineers can cover this game. K State's the better team. But I think the Mountaineers are are going to cover and play well, and this is going to be a close ball game. Yeah, Kansas State's one of these teams where I just don't know what to make of them. I mean, they some weeks they look tremendous, absolutely tremendous, and then the next week they follow up with a with a bad performance. But um, I do like the fact that so this game is in West Virginia. Um, West Virginia is very competitive at home, and they can score. Um, I expect it to be a shootout. Uh, and very similar to the Oklahoma game, guys, it's that that seven, it's that half point, seven and a half, that gives me a little pause on this one. So um, I think I think the Mountaineers, you know, I, I wouldn't even hesitate to take that money line to straight up win this game because it's at home, but I do think they'll cover the, the seven and a half. Now moving on to Matt Simmons' Big Ten game of the week. Uh, there you, you go. Have, <laughs> you, you, you have Illinois. Uh, the Fighting Illini were a heck of a story this year under their second-year coach, Brett Belima, uh, but they uh, have found the sledding tough of late, uh, primarily due to their offensive struggles. They are going to the big house where Michigan is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, a reflection of you, you have a line that's that large and the over-under in this game is still just 41. Whew. Well, Jay, since, since since Bubba called this the Big Ten game of the week, first of all, Bubba, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for not ignoring my 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 uh, my favorite conference, the Big Ten. So, and just just that. for clarification for our uh, viewers and listeners, um, I know they're they're um, you know much more appealing games with within the league. It was just a joke, as Matt was saying, and because, <laughs> because of not including the Big Ten a, a week ago. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, good, good call there. But, um, yeah, I'll tell you, I, man, Michigan's definitely winning the game. There's absolutely no doubt about that, but it's the 17 and a half that gives me a little reason. Uh, but I'm just going to say the, the better team, the more commanding team is, is Michigan. You know, I I expect them to ultimately just steamroll and pull away from Illinois. So I'll, I'll go with the Wolverines. I, I can't bet against Michigan. I mean, they've been blowing out everybody this year. They've been looking good, and I just think they're on a collision with Ohio State next week. Nothing's going to slow them down. I think they're going to win big and cover. Guys, can we do the show next week from uh, from Columbus? What do you think? Yeah. We'll, we'll do our own game day. That's that's the game <laughs> of the year right there. That yeah. be wild. And, and I've had um, – I've had the opportunity to attend that game twice. Um, both times it was being played in Columbus. 
because um, some family friends of ours, um, they worked for Owens Corning, and uh, they had se season tickets uh, for the Horseshoe and the, those OSU games. And so um, very, very fortunate to be able to attend that in 1990 as well as 1998. But uh, th that is uh, a lot of fun. It's definitely different than uh, Southern football, but um, you know, to be able to go to one of college football's uh, best rivalries like that was awesome. Um, definitely, definitely checking that off the bucket list. But uh, hey, Bubba, just to chime in on that, I'll just tell you guys a, a thirty-second story really quick. Uh, one of the craziest college football game experiences I've ever had was uh, Ohio State at Penn State. And it snowed like crazy during the game. So I was I was there that day with my brother. It was there was a blizzard, and um, literally a hundred thousand people were packing snowballs. And when Ohio State was running out onto the field, they were just getting pelted with snowballs. It was I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you had to keep your head on a swivel, Jay, like you were running down the field on a kickoff. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was unbelievable. So. That is wild. Yeah, we always hear about the the whiteouts at Penn State, but uh, you know, for these final two games, um, the FBS independent flavor in each of them. Um, the first one being UConn. Um, the Huskies became bowl eligible a week ago with a huge upset of Liberty there in uh, Hartford, and this week they're traveling to West Point where they're going to play an Army team that's had a rough go of it this year as the Black Knights are just three and six. And as I mentioned, the Huskies are bowl eligible at six and five. Army is a 10-point favorite, however. I mean, uh, on this game, who knows, Matt? I'm going to go with Army. I'm going to go with the military, but I don't feel confident either way. <laughs> well... I'll tell you guys. So, so like this is when you live in Connecticut, you know, th this is a big story here. What Jim Mora Jr. has done is, is I think he's the national coach of the year. I really do. I, I mean, he, he's, he's done an amazing job with this football team and he's doing it with the backup quarterback. Um, you got to give this guy credit. And it, it's a pretty cool thing to see here. And, you know, I live in Connecticut, obviously right now. And, um, everybody thought this, this, this program was dead in the water. Um, and in, like, if you had told me before the season, UConn was going to beat Boston college and Liberty, I would have probably laughed at you. But, um, so, so I, I really like what this program's doing. And, uh, you know, I, I think they've really improved. Like, I'm not saying there's some great team, but I think they've improved to the point now where they're going to compete, you know, on a weekly basis against these, you know, not not the top teams, obviously, but you know, solid programs. And um, I'm gonna go the Fighting Huskies, fellas, the Fighting UConn, Jim Moore Jr. Huskies. I'm going with the with the Huskies to uh, to cover the ten. And our final game of the week uh, includes the Liberty Flames, who were taken down for just the second time this season um, when they lost to UConn last week. I believe that was. 36-33 or something like that. Um, Liberty's only other loss came at the hands of Wake Forest, a one-point defeat back in, I believe, late September. But um, you have the Liberty Flames uh, hosting the 2-8 and eight Virginia Tech Hokies. 
Um, Virginia Tech has lost seven straight. Mm. What's the line, Bubba? And yes, the the, the Flames are a ten point favorite. Sorry. Okay, Jay, you want to roll with this Le- one? Yeah, Liberty all day. Virginia Tech is terrible. And this is a rivalry game. Uh, it's going to mean a lot to Liberty to win. I think they're going to put it on them, and I, I think they're going to win big. Yeah, you know, Jay. I mean, Virginia is this the worst Virginia Tech team that you guys have have seen at least. At least in the last uh, – you could probably go back 25, 25 years, guys. I mean, this is not a good football team, and I, I hope Liberty – I'll forever hold a grudge against Virginia Tech for sort of bailing out on the East Carolina uh, series. I thought that was kind of spineless. So uh, I'm all over Liberty. I hope they destroy Virginia Tech and, and make it eight straight losses. In this um... – this game, this is the first in the series is being played in Lynchburg. Well, Liberty's going to be hungry, especially coming off that loss to UConn. So it's going to be yeah. uh, going to be fun to watch. And the series is tied one to one with Liberty, I believe, winning the most recent matchup in uh, the COVID shortened season, uh, thirty-eight to thirty-five at Lane Stadium. So uh, I'm like I'm like you guys in that one. As surprising as that was, Liberty going down to UConn, um, I think with what I've seen out of Virginia Tech or what I've not seen out of Virginia Tech, that uh, Liberty hosting for hosting Virginia Tech for the first time there in Lynchburg, I like them to cover the ten. So, so guys, I know we're we're up against it here, but I wanted to ask you both: all these games we we picked. Do you have a like a, a lock of the week? Is there one game that really jumps out at you as a as a like if you're gonna if you're gonna put five hundred dollars on a game on Saturday, which one is it? Well, actually, Matt, uh, we we it's my mistake here as the host. Uh, we uh, inadvertently skipped over our our tenth game because um, we were kind of jumping around by conference. Uh, the tenth game is. Number six, LSU hosting UAB. Tigers by 15. They're coming off the um, the big back-to-back wins over Alabama at home and then the 13-10 win uh, where they really struggled offensively there at Arkansas. And they're taking on a UAB team that's 5-5. Five and five. And The Blazers, however, are 0-4 on the road with all those losses coming by a touchdown or less. Um, those four four defeats were at Liberty, at Western Kentucky, at five and five Florida Atlantic, and at Rice. So, and again, it's LSU by fifteen. I'll go with LSU, and I mean, I think the Tigers are rolling. I'll use that one as my lock of the week. I think, I think, uh, I just think very highly of what they're doing down there. I think they're getting better week by week. Matt, what do you think about this one? You think LSU will, after a poor offensive output at Arkansas, do you think they'll take care of business in a big way against UAB? It makes me a little nervous. I don't know what it is about this one that makes me a little nervous that UAB, you know, you get late in the season and this is like a Super Bowl for UAB. 
and um, you know LSU. Uh, they're clearly the better team. They're clearly the better team. But I'm going to go upset special, fellas. I'm going to say UAB covers the spread. They don't win, but they barely cover the spread. So uh, just for the hell of it, go Blazers. I hear you. So uh, that will conclude uh, this week's picks. Um, Before we get out of here, let's talk about what lies ahead for the Pirates here in just a little over 24 hours as we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, Well, I guess 48 hours. So you have – you had the Pirates six-point favorite against the Houston Cougars. As we've seen, I mean, Houston has really struggled defensively, but they've really lit it up offensively. Uh, how do you guys see this one playing out? Uh, I think Houston's going to have trouble scoring against ECU's defense. I think they're definitely talented on the offensive end, but anytime you have a team that you're relying on your offense, you're going to be unpredictable and hot and cold each and every week. I just think the Pirates are the more complete team, and I think the Pirates are are going to play well on Senior Day and come away with a with a big win. And Matt, yeah, I mean, I I have concerns about this game, just because like you get late in the season, and sometimes these games, I think I think you have two pretty even teams here. Like I think from a talent perspective, um, I think you have two pretty even teams. And I think sometimes these games come down to just like who wants to be there the most, who brings the most excitement, you know, and who's the most motivated um, as a team. Um, so I, I think this game is going to be really close. Um, you know, I, I, I would say that the Pirates, if I had to, I'd say that they cover the six, but I don't feel great about it. I think it's going to be a really close game, but they're going to have to, ECU is going to have to play a fantastic game to get this win and, my big thing with this is I really want to see a packed stadium for senior day. I think these guys have earned it. Um, I don't think Pirate fans have showed up the last few weeks for the last few games. Not the diehards, you know, not the diehards, but the but the but the the casual fan has 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 not shown up the last few weeks. So I'm hoping we can pack the stadium, guys, and uh, and, and find a way to, to get this win. And since you brought that topic uh, of senior day up, I want to get your thoughts on what are your memories of your senior day, man, I guess, what, 1997? So that would have been the Thursday night game against Cincinnati. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. And uh, we were able to win that night. Uh, I thought it was was a cool cool experience. I had my dad on the field with me. That that was fun. Um, You know, but uh, I, I don't remember personally, I didn't get caught up in the whole feeling of like, this is senior night, like the whole emotion of that. I just kind of wanted to go play football and uh, maybe that hits some people different than others. But for me, it wasn't like a big emotional thing. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of go play and, and, and we did win. We did beat Cincinnati that night. So I guess it was a, you know, a good day all around. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of an odd game from the standpoint. It was played in the rain. The Pirates threw the ball about 60 times, if I'm not mistaken. And um, despite throwing the ball that that much, it was very much a low-scoring game. Was it 14-7 to seven or something like that? 
something like that. It was, yeah, it was very low scoring. I remember, I can't remember the exact, I know Cincinnati got down in a red zone late and we're, you know, they had yeah. some, some throws into the end zone that were incomplete and we came away with the dub. Hey Matt, do you remember this name? Tinker Keck? I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a, <laughs> such a odd name that, uh, that one stands out here 25 years later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jay, what about you? I mean, you have, you have memories of your senior day? Yeah. I mean, the same as you, I mean, the biggest thing is it's just, it's awesome to have you know, your family out on the field and for everybody to be, be there and for them to experience, you know, that, that, you know, just being on the field together as, a, as, as one. And uh, that was the best part for me. I mean, you know, it's, it's sad kind of when you're in the locker room, knowing that that's going to be the last time you play on the home field. But it's a special day for sure, um, you know, and it will be for these guys on Saturday. It's also special for the underclassmen too, because they they want to win for the for the seniors. Now, Jay, your senior day uh, didn't that come again? Was it Tulane? Yeah, it was Tulane. And, and Joseph Forte. It was, yeah. yeah. Forte. I, I just remember that running running back matchup between he and Chris Johnson. Yeah, it was, it was a good game, um, and we won, so that made it that made it even better. And Jay, uh, do, do you have a game this weekend? Are you you calling one? Uh, no, I I am free, so I'll be I'll be watching. I'm calling a basketball game actually on Saturday. Now, are you um, even though you don't have one this weekend? Don't want to assume anything about the following weekend. Are you are you uh, fully into basketball mode, or do you have uh, any more football I, I, games? I'm still 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 just waiting to hear. But yeah, basketball's basketball starting up, but still still waiting to uh to work on a football schedule. So, so tell our viewers, even though this is a football-centric show, uh, you know, what basketball games have you – I know you typically have Campbell. Uh, who have you had the chance to call? Uh, I've had two Campbell basketball games so far, and uh, in one of those games they played NC State. So I saw NC State and Terquavian Smith, um, who will be a first-round pick and maybe even a lottery pick. Uh, I think he's an outstanding player. Campbell – I'm I'm really impressed by them, and I think they're going to have a great year in the Big South. Um, you know, NC State. The, there's concerns there in the ACC uh, for them this year, and then I also saw St. Augs in basketball as well, and Chucky Brown. And um, Campbell is someone uh, that is on the schedule for the Pirates, so, uh, so that is one that I'm definitely uh, – it seems like they always play pretty well. And this year with them seemingly having a solid team that, uh, that I'm definitely concerned about. But, um, you know, for Jason Halter and Matt Semenza, and you've been watching and listening to Sonny and Semenza here on the Sports Objective, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And as always, go Pirates. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. 
sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and go Pirates! <laughs>